Welcome to Lambs to Lions. You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Matt Funk. The teaching, I've entitled it Thorns versus Truth. Thorn versus thorns versus truth. I I just got back from visiting my parents uh, again in Manitoba, and uh, go figure. Not too many people want to fly to Winnipeg, but they're always changing flights on me. <laughs> but uh, you know, for those of you that haven't heard, my mother and my boys that are here today, their grandma has been battling uh, stage four cancer. And yeah, what I love about my mom is she's a strong woman of faith. She calls it the little C. She says Christ is the big C, and that's what. And she calls that the 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 little C. But you know, um, even the strongest face fears and uh, find themselves at time feeling weak. No matter what you're facing in this season, we've all had our weak moments. But praise God for His Word that says, "In our weakness, His strength is made perfect." And so the word of God again and again has just brought me honestly uh, uh, to my knees, uh, spending time with others um, that are suffering also solidifies why we do what we do. You know, people need hope, people need help, and we're called to support those that are in need, to come alongside those that are, are suffering, those that are hurting, and those that are needing a healing. So but what do we do when you or someone close to you feels like that they are in a dark place? In a place of of maybe pain, feeling lonely, feeling trapped, or even feeling a sense of uh, uncertainty. How do we go deep? How do we stay rooted in our faith when the world wants to choke out our calling with worry or crush our spirits. And uh, I'm here to tell you, we get into God's Word. (laughs) That's what we do. We get into God's Word. So I want to read uh, the book of Matthew. Uh, Well, not the whole book, but I want to read specifically chapter 13 with you men. And um, I'd love to give you a little bit of a context, a little snapshot, if you would. So if you're taking notes, I think if it hasn't shown up already, see that QR code? Scan that with your phone. It might also show up online for you there. If We're getting further and further more technically advanced, but if they can get it online, you can scan. Look at that. You can scan that QR code online, men that are watching, and this will pull up a PDF version of my notes. We've been printing less and less notes because we've been moving more and more into a service here in-house, and uh, I figure those that come early, they can have some notes. So they, <laughs> But everyone can have notes right there. Uh, but we're gonna we're just gonna go through Matthew a little bit here, and uh, you can take some notes. Maybe you know all this stuff. Maybe it's a refresher. Maybe you don't know any of it, and you're learning it for the first time. Doesn't matter. Wherever you're at, God's gonna speak to you. So it's one of the earliest accounts of Jesus's life, death, and resurrection. And the the book is author is linked to Matthew, who was the tax collector, formerly known as Levi. He's one of the 12 apostles that Jesus appointed. And for about 40 years, um, the uh, apostles passed on their accounts of what they witnessed Jesus do and say. The first half of the book, Matthew, shows how Jesus is the fulfillment and the continuation of the whole biblical story about God and Israel. 
Okay, Israel was God's chosen people. So three things in there, if you're taking notes, um, is A, Matthew wanted to point out that, first of all, he is the Messiah from the line of David. Okay, he is the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. B, Jesus is the authoritarian teacher, the new Moses. Now, why do I say that? Because like Moses, he came up out of Egypt. He passed through the waters of baptism in the Jordan River. He entered into the wilderness for 40 days and then goes up onto a mountain to deliver his teaching. Matthew says that Jesus is the promise greater than Moses, and he's going to deliver Israel from slavery, give new divine teaching, and save them from their sins, and initiate a new covenant relationship between God and his people. That's us. Say, that's me. Right on. And the next point that he wants to clarify is that, see, Jesus is God with us in Hebrew Emmanuel. So the book is composed of an introduction and conclusion, and then there's five sections and a, uh, in between. You see, Matthew does this on purpose to parallel the first five books of Moses. Did you know that? Fulfilling the storyline of the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible. So we're going to focus on the section of 11 to 13, specifically chapter 13. It's a collection of the group of stories and how people are responding to Jesus and his message. Some are positive, believing that he is the Messiah. Some are neutral, saying they're not sure what um, they believe. And then some are negative, um, and a lot of these are the religious types, the Pharisees, the Bible scholars, and those who rejected Jesus altogether. So, Jesus isn't surprised, and he's not thrown from it. He focuses on it in this block of teaching found in Matthew 13. So, which is a bunch of Jesus' teaching par um, uh, parables about the kingdom. He talks about a farmer, okay, with uh, seed and four different types of soil. He refers to the kingdom um, when he talks about it as a mustard seed, a pearl, and even buried treasure. So they're like a, what we're, we're reading here is like a commentary of the stories in chapters 11 and 12. Now, some people are expecting him with enthusiasm. Again, some are rejecting him, but God's kingdom is of ultimate value and will not stop spreading despite all these obstacles. Praise God. Can we give God some glory for that? So, without any further ado, let's read Matthew 13. Okay, let's dive right in here. Uh, I would like to start with verse 7 of Matthew 13, verse 7. It says, Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Turn to someone and say, Don't choke. <laughs> Point number one is it always starts with a good word, a good word, something that is chewable, something that you can digest, right? You know, speaking of choking, whenever I start to choke, my wife Charmaine instantly hits me on the back and she says, stop choking. 
And, you know, I used to be a first aid instructor, and I've told her that, you know, honey, you don't have to do that. If, you know, you're hearing sound, that's a good sign. That means there's still air moving through there. And then, you know, in first aid, they, they encourage you to keep coughing when it's like, keep coughing, keep coughing when somebody is uh, uh, choking. But uh, she disagrees. <laughs> She'd rather be aggressive and tell it where to go uh, instead of waiting for it to clear up. You know, and sometimes we need a brother. We need someone to just smack us on the back and bring us back to reality. Isn't that true? Instead of just patting us on the back while you're choking and say, well, it'll be okay, brother. It'll be okay. No, every now and then we need that. Like, stop it. (laughs) Get in the game. Come on. Wake up. (laughs) So my first question for you and a little bit of looking inward is what's been choking out God's word in your life? What's been choking out God's word in your life? For me, honestly, it's been the battle of watching my mother struggle. That's what tries to choke it out. You know, most of the time she finds it hard to breathe and even find oxygen. And I know God can heal her. I know that God wants to heal her. And maybe on the inside, she's already being healed. But if I don't trust in the Lord, I get caught in the thorns. And this is the reality of the battle of thorns of worry versus the truth of God's word. Okay. Deuteronomy 31 6 says, do not be afraid or terrified because of them for the Lord, your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Someone say never, never. In verse 22 of Matthew, it refers to the thorns as the worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth that choke out the word. It's the battle of thorns versus truth. It's, it hurts to see my mother suffering. The natural is, is always battling the supernatural. The flesh at times fights against our faith, but it is the truth of God that sets us up and sets us free. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Wealth and worry, it won't get you there. God's word will. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was... God. Everything points to Jesus. John 1.1. 1, 1. So what worries have gotten in the way of God's word? What are some of your worries that have gotten in the way of God's word? Where is my understanding of wealth maybe gotten in the way over my life? The truth is when you misinterpret, you misdiagnose and Wealth and worry may be choking out your calling, if you let it. Verse 8 says that still other seed fell on good soil. Someone say good soil. soil. Where it produced a crop, 160 or 30 times that which was sown. This is every pastor, every man of God's dream is to see the seed take root and produce, produce, produce. Point number two is good soil. Someone say good soil. Good soil. soil. Verse 23 says that the seed falling on the good soil refers to someone who hears what? The word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yields 160 or 30 times that which was sown. We need to be both hearers and doers of the word. We don't 
we don't just know it, we own it. We understand it. We apply it. When we believe in the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior, his death, his resurrection, and for the redemption of our sins, come on, we know that we are saved so that we may sow. You should put that in your notes because it's not in there. You know that you are saved for the purpose of sowing. We need to sow the seed of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and know that we are part of that seed that needs to spread to reproduce disciples, followers of Jesus. You know, thinking of this and the knowledge and the application of, you know, we think of wisdom and it is, it is the equality of having a good judgment based on knowledge. It is popularly known as the ability to discern. If knowledge is power, wisdom is your choice to use or apply that power. Knowledge is the ability to understand it and then make the right choices. Verse 38, the field is the world and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. How many men of the kingdom in the house? Everyone's hands should be going up. The weeds are the people of the evil one, it says in verse 38. The third one is the good seed. Say good seed. It's one thing to have good soil. It's another thing to have good seed. You are good seed. Say, I am good seed. Come on. We may be in the world, but we're not of the world. You have maybe even heard the saying, hey, he's good seed. <laughs> I mean, that's an old school saying. But what is good seed? The, you know, if you look up the characteristics of a good seed, it is pure of chosen variety, full, uh, uh, full um, with more than 80% germination, meaning it is mature and the process of something coming out into existence, developing with good seeding vigor. There's more. And free of weed seed, stones, seed-borne diseases, insects, or other matter. Isn't that crazy? This is the definition of if you look up a good seed. And finally, it says that seed, good seed, should be properly labeled. Someone should clap for that. This is just the definition of good seed if you Google it. Stored properly? Are you labeled properly? Are you used properly? Do you keep out of you out of you as the seed some things that are wicked, stony, other debris? Come on. Are you good seed? Come on. We're good seed. We're good seed that has a need. <laughs> the sower. <laughs> right? We need to free ourselves of these things if if we wish to be rooted. And 1 Peter 2, 1-2 says, So get rid of all evil behavior. Be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. I like how it says all unkind speech. So if you're like, well, all, un all means all, by the way. All unkind speech. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so by it you may grow up in your salvation. You may, you, may, you, you, may, you may grow as that seed in maturity to be without those things. Look at this. 
Man, our takeaway today is good seed will have overcome the, throne, the thorns with the truth. Come on, hear me out. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Hear me out. Jesus, the truth, and the life overcame a crown of thorns. Did he not? So that we could be the seed and sow into his kingdom. Mighty men of God, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus or you've been just sowing for yourself, you've been a selfish seed <laughs> and you're like me, you've come to that place where you know what you need and you need to turn from your way and turn to him today. I'm going to give you that opportunity. He loves you so much. His plans and purposes for you are to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and give you a future. You know, God the Father, love, is one and only Son. The one seed that He had, He sowed to us. That whoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. I know, man, that every one of us in our heart, we, we long to do more for Him, for His kingdom. We long to be more of who we've been called to be and do what we've been called to do, to not just make an impact on our life, but the lives of our children, our future children, our family, our neighborhood, and our community. And it starts with letting Christ, that seed, come into your heart and be Lord over your, over your life. So I'm going to lead us through a prayer right now. Paul said in Romans 10, verse 9, if we believe in our heart, sow that seed today. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in that God the Father raised his son from the grave, you will be saved. So let's pray together. Just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you. Thank you for sowing your life for mine. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I ask for your forgiveness today. I ask that you would come into my heart and be Lord over my life. I believe that you rose from the grave so that I can have new life in you and through you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just keep your heads bowed and stay in the moment if you would. If you prayed that prayer and or you're coming back, back to the sower, you're that seed and you're coming back today or you're coming in for the first time, just give me a thumbs up. Say, yep, that's me <laughs> today. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Thank you, Jesus. Well, praise God. You know, we, we know that we are much more than a cool group or a club of men getting together. We're designed to go into all the world making disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, it's, un, it's uncomfortable sometimes when we need to go, but the only way we're going to grow is if we go. You know, the Lord has given us a lot of seed to sow today and to go out. If you're here today and, and um, you haven't been baptized yet and you'd like that opportunity, every time we gather, we give an opportunity to do this. The Lord started with a small group of men just getting in the word, you know, early Sunday morning. It actually started at a Tim Hortons and then it graduated to a McDonald's. <laughs> And then it moved and, uh, from province to province into an upper room. And from the upper room, it moved here into this auditorium. And you know, there's many men like us today that have chosen to start their Sunday morning off doing what we're doing here today. And we're just, we're really honored and proud that we get to do this. And we've seen two baptisms now since we started doing this just in the last, what, two months? We started opening up and believing in faith and obedience 
So if that's you today, when you want to step in, the water doesn't get any fresher than it is right now. <laughs> in Romans, it says that when we are baptized, that we are buried with Christ, we are baptized with Christ. When you go under the water, it represents when he went to the grave. And it says that when we come up out of the water, we are resurrected with Christ. You're not alone when you get in the water, and you're not alone when you get out. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And so if you want to step into the water today, as a public declaration and obedience to Jesus and say, hey, I'm going to follow him all the days of my life and I'm not going to look back. <laughs> Just step in with us today. Come forward as we sing and worship. It'd be an honor to, to baptize you or any one of these other men, for that matter, to baptize you today. Let's worship God. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for continuing to partner with us and for giving so generously to this ministry. If you would like to find out more about how you can partner with us, visit our website at www.wherepeoplematter.church and click the giving link. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with your friends. See you next time.